Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in The Word with us today. For this Sunday in the Advent season, we are thinking about the title of Messiah, Wisdom. And so our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 11th chapter, beginning with the second verse. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and he said to them, Are you the one who is to come or are we, await, are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. I bought myself a new book to read during this Advent season, and it has become my daily Advent devotional. And I've already come to love this book, and I've been talking about it everywhere I go, and I want to give it to everyone I know. It's a book called All Creation Waits by an author named Gail Boss. And each day she writes about some creature, a painted turtle, a common loon, a white-tailed deer, a black bear. The book is not a specifically theological book in any way, shape, or form, except that it is. In her introduction, she quotes the writer Meister Eckhart, and sa who said, Every single creature is full of God and is a book about God. Every creature is a word of God. If I spent time with the tiniest creature, even a caterpillar, I would never have to prepare a sermon. So full of God is every creature. She goes on in her introduction to describe the roots of Advent in the Christian church and its connection to all of the natural cycles of the earth, which for those of us who live north of the equator was and still is marked by lessening light and increasing cold. In her introduction, she writes, the early fathers of the Christian church read the ebbing of light and life each year as a foreshadowing of the time when life as we know it will end completely. And it rightly terrifies us. To their and our abiding fear of a dark ending, the church spoke of an Adventus, 
a coming. Faith proclaimed, when life as we know it goes, this year and at the end of all years, one comes and comes bringing a new beginning. In her book, Boss devotes each day to one of God's beloved creatures and describes what that critter has to reveal to us about life and death and new beginnings. Her writing would make any poet stop in their tracks and pay attention. So attuned is she to the cycle of life contained in each chipmunk and chickadee and cottontail. And by writing so clearly about creatures, she helps me to know myself better and to understand more deeply the wisdom our ancient ancestors ascribed to the Messiah for whom they waited. In our worship this morning, we sang, O come, O wisdom from on high, embracing all things far and nigh. In strength and beauty, come and stay. Teach us your will and guide our way. Well, that's all very well and good, but what does that any of that have to do with this gospel from John the Baptist that we heard today, where he has now moved from the wilderness of Judea, where we met him last week, to a prison cell? Instead of proclaiming a message of repentance and hurling insults at the religious elite of his day, in today's gospel, we find him sending his disciples to Jesus to ask, are you the one who is to come or shall we await for another? Are you the one? In this question, John is taking all of the wisdom that he has received from his religious tradition, from the law and the prophets and from the poets and the historians, and he's recalling all that his ancestors have taught him about the Messiah, the one who is coming. And he's holding it up against what he has seen and heard of Jesus. And he's asking whether Jesus is really and truly the Christ. It's a discernment question that John is asking, and it's one that each of us must also ask at some point in our own life of faith. Is Jesus the one God promised long ago to our forebears? Is Jesus the one who reveals to us the love that is God? Is Jesus the one who teaches us God's will and shows us God's way? Jesus' response to John's question is worth remembering whenever we long to know how and where to look for Christ's presence in our world today. Jesus says to him, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Jesus is teaching John and us, of course, that if we seek to find God's Messiah in our world, our best bet is to look in humble places. The Messiah we are waiting for for to return again will not be found ever in displays of power or wealth or prestige, but rather in surprising signs of restoration and wholeness in the world around us, in life renewed and new ways found. I like to think of it more like seeking fireflies, not fireworks. That is where Christ is at work, no matter how humble and insignificant those signs appear. 
But as I've thought about this text this week, there is more to John's question than simply, are you the one who is to come? Yes, John is asking a question about Jesus' identity. Is he really the Christ? But there is another question implied in that. And this is the question that John and all of us must also ask. If Jesus is indeed the Christ, will we stand with him or against him? At the risk of stating the obvious, this is the harder question. It's harder for John, who is languishing in a prison cell, and it's also harder for us. If John stands with Christ, he will remain where he is in that prison cell. And if we are going to stand with Jesus, it will mean standing in unexpected places and often alone, not unlike John, who stood against the religious and political authorities of his day. It will mean standing with mourners, It will mean standing with the ones in courtrooms and on the streets working for things to be made right in this world. It will mean standing with peacemakers. It will mean standing with those who are poor in spirit, those who are meek, those who are merciful, those who are pure in heart, those who are persecuted for the sake of what's right. It will mean standing in all of those places that Jesus will call blessed in his Sermon on the Mount, which are not places of status or power or privilege or even comfort. It may even mean standing with the creatures around us whose habitats are continually threatened as a consequence of human activity. If we are going to stand with Jesus, it's going to mean death for us and for all of the ways that we've grown used to. And the world will be quick to remind us that this is not wise. This Advent, the wisdom we are seeking, is the wisdom that is present in Christ. But the wisdom we are seeking is also a wisdom in our own lives. The wisdom to acknowledge Christ's presence in our world in bread and wine when we receive that, in word and sacrament, and also in surprising acts of restoration and wholeness and life-giving grace and healing. We're seeking the wisdom to trust that our baptism into Christ's body means that our eternal future is secure and so we can give up the hustle to earn our place. The wisdom we are seeking is also a wisdom to see that the life Christ offers us is forever linked to a cross and the death that it brings. And this year, at least for me, it's the animals that Gail Boss writes about that are reminding me that when life as we know it goes and we find ourselves in dark and lonely places, the one we call wisdom comes to bring us a new beginning and to pave a new way. And so, as we wait, we pray. O come, O wisdom, and open our eyes to see your presence in the world. O come, O wisdom, let us trust that you will walk with us and lead us in a new way.
We hope you've been fed by the word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at the word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.